We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, Lori, I am so excited about this Sunday. Oh, yes. Yes. Celebrating 40 years. 40 years of Life Center in ministry yeah, in Ottawa. Yeah, so yeah. So exciting. Yeah. Actually, March 1st is the actual birthday. And yeah, 40 years. That's that's unbelievable. And it is a reminder of how, you know, those humble beginnings of a humble yes, you know, in a time of prayer or just just responding to something that God, you know, puts on your heart. What it can do in 40 years, 40 years. Like that's significant. It is significant. I was just thinking I've been at Life Center since I was 21 years old. Okay. So really like 24, I gotta do my math real quick here, 24, (laughs) 25 years of those 40 years I've been at Life Center. And even what I've seen in the change, but how Life Center has so changed my life being a part of this community and the faithfulness of God. It's going to be really, really beautiful to celebrate the faithfulness of God and just all the stories and seeing old pictures and seeing where, like you're saying, the humble beginnings, where it started and how it evolved and how God just grew this vision that now we're these three campuses and moving towards what God has in the future, which we believe will be more campuses and a great vision for you know, making a difference in Ottawa and across Canada is our dream. Yeah. But just seeing God just enlarge that vision over time, but over, like you said, faithful stewardship and faithful obedience. It's been really, it's been amazing. Yeah, it really has. I know me too. I'm, um, I think at 27 years of the 40 years, which is wow. pretty significant. And when I first came to Life Center, um, they had just built the new building, the building that we're in now. So they had moved from a rented facility into a brand new building that they built. And I remember coming for the first time. And I feel like my first time story is kind of funny because I came in the doors and I was dating Jay at the time and I was just a teenager as well. And I walked in the doors and this woman came up to me and she gave me a hug and she said, I love you, Lord. But because Jay was the pastor's kid, I guess like, you know, some of their friends knew of me. She hugged me and said, I love you, Lore. Like she called me Lore too. And I was so taken back. Like, who's hugging me? Number one, I was not a hugger. (laughs) Number two, someone just said they loved me. Like that's very personal and very intimate. I was so uncomfortable. And this person I've never met called me Lore. Only like my friends call me Lore. Like you don't call me Lore unless you know me. And I was just like, what church is this? Like from that very first moment, like again, from a place of discomfort, but I knew even in that moment, I knew this church is different. Like this church is different. What was your first time coming? I came and we've talked about this on our our podcast before 40 Days of Blaze, which was this renewal time in the church. We were having a conference. We did 40 days of services every night that turned into 120 Days of Blaze. We used, they called it 40 Days of Blaze. It was a conference for 40 days. And I came somewhere, I think it was like a week or two in. It was shortly and you had invited me to come. And my husband, Jason, was on the parking team. Oh, wow. The very first day. So you didn't come on a Sunday the first time you came during the week? During the week. Okay. I remember he was on the parking team. I remember he was wearing a forest green Eddie Bauer jacket with the, isn't this funny, with the gloves. You know when you used to be able to take off the top and it would just be like your fingers? Yeah. He had those gloves on and he, and I remember pulling in and seeing him. I think he was so cute and he was like really worked out. He was big and buff. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I got out of the car and he knew I was coming because I know we had set up this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you had met one one time before. At your wedding. At our wedding. So a couple years and before. And then I think you had told him I was coming for the conference and we were both single again at the time. So it was kind of like a perfect setup. And I was so nervous. I got out of the car and ran as fast as I could into the church and didn't even say hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think he came and found me and I looked all surprised to see him like, oh, oh, hi. I had seen him the whole time in the parking lot. That was my first time. But that night, funny enough, my dad had driven up with me and it was the night that one of the guitarists played the guitar with his teeth. No. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my! And I came from a very traditional, really traditional Pentecostal church. W- was that the night that we were kicking devil butt? Yeah, we we're kicking devil butt. Do you remember? Our dads, both yeah. our dads, is oh. sitting in the service, and the the worship leader comes out. Let's kick some devil butt, <laughs> and they <laughs> and our dads were joking about that for years. <laughs> hey, Norbert, let's go kick some devil I butt. That was so funny. That was the first time I came to church with our dads. Like all of that coming, and it was so funny. So I think yeah, I think the guitarist picked like it was around that time. Yeah, did yeah play this guitar solo with his teeth. And I remember my dad being like, "What is happening here?" And they were like kind of a rock. We had a bunch of worship teams rotating in, and this was a, probably the most rocky worship band. And my dad loves hymns, so you can imagine it's like oh. hilarious, but amazing. Like what I'm saying, like even the fact I was like, "This is amazing that a church is this open to all this like." Okay, oh, that is that funny? so funny. So you knew then the first time you walked into Life Center, this was a different church. Uh, a totally different church. <laughs> and the energy level and the joy and just like a breaking out. Like it was like a breakout church and really sound though. As much as we share some of these funny stories, even the preaching was like, oh, my heart really sound doctrine. It was so good. So that was my first time walking through the church. That's funny. That is really funny. Well, I think in commemoration, maybe to start our podcast today for the 40th, why don't we share some funny stories? Like not just stories of lesson, but funny stories in church. Because when you're part of a church community, there are just hilarious things that happen over and over and over again. Like just funny stories. Do you have any like funny memories of things that have happened over the years? Okay. Yeah. Not at Life Center, but I was probably a teenager. I would, I was in youth, so I can't remember how old, but this is a time when we would have the microphones with the puffy, like at the end, you know, orange, blue, those little caps on the mics. And we had a massive choir and the robes. That was a big thing. And the pastors would sit on the stage. Yes. Like if you were ever part of like the 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, early 90s, they would sit on the stage in these big chairs. Yes. So funny. Anyway, this was during worship. We had a massive choir and I was with the youth group and we would always sit. I grew up in St. Catharines. We did. If you're just tuning in, grew up in St. Catharines in a very established church, quite a big church. We had a massive stage, did a lot of productions, a lot of choirs, singing, musicals. Anyways, we had a, a choir of probably like 40, 50 on a Sunday. That would just be part of the worship service. And we always had specials. So that was a really big thing back then to have like choir specials or solo huge during offering. Well, I remember there's this, this girl that was a real sweetheart, but really was dreaming to sing a solo and had had quite a journey in their life. So they gave her this opportunity to sing. And anyway, during this song, she went to pick up her mic and she pulls out from the choir. It's this big moment. As soon as she goes to sing her solo, she barfs on the stage. And like, I'm not just talking about like a barf. It was orange <laughs> and it was projectile oh. like a fountain. No. Yes. So I guess she had had tomato soup for breakfast and her nerves. Oh. I, I, I don't even know why you would have tomato soup for breakfast. Oh, no. But literally she barfed orange barf, ran off the stage, like dropped her mic, ran off the stage. And I guess she barfed all the way down <gasps> the stairs from what I heard later. But the hilarious story, too, is this lady who was quite like big busted came running down the aisle with a bucket and a pail and got on her hands and knees <laughs> on the stage no and started like scrubbing like facing the people facing the people like just a very inappropriate <laughs> scene like not wearing a turtleneck you know like <laughs> and so the youth this became like this whole hilarious thing and at the time it was videoed we had the vcr so one of the the kids actually worked in the production took the vcr tape and we watched it a few times like fast forward rewinding fast forward so the barf like so this is like oh. so as a youth thing it became this funny thing i'm not going to say their names because i would never want to shame them but this whole thing of this person barfing and then this lady inappropriately cleaning the stage like beside the pastors like facing the congregation <laughs> rigorously rubbing like oh, this the stage cle- cleavage and out cleavage everything moving and like how do you even recover from that oh, i don't even know but that my. was that was something i remember in my teenager and it was it was pretty funny we still talk about that to this day like with friends oh how my funny goodness. and if we found that vcr tape i don't even know like i i think i'd start crying laughing so hard I felt so bad for the girl though. Like that was oh, so embarrassing. Oh yeah, she was so nervous. 
so nervous. Anyway, that happened to church. That's a crazy story. That is so story. funny. That is one that you don't forget, though. That is so, so, so funny. Okay, oh, my gosh. You? I mean, there have been there have been so many seasons of church and so many things that have happened over the years. But I remember one time in a service, um, it was actually here at Life Center and uh and a, a member stood up or like an attender stood up and yelled something out in the middle of the message to Pastor Barry. And uh, so Pastor Barry <laughs> and this the, the person that did like they I, I don't I don't know much about them, but they were not you know, they were not really like completely there i don't know they were they were just like all over the place so they stood up and they yelled something out in the middle of the message and so pastor barry knew them and so called them by name and said like sit down patrice called them by name said sit down and so as soon as pastor barry called him by name he said oh pastor barry is a prophet there is no doubt like because he know he knows my name like and it was just such a funny moment for the church like just for him to like, you know, be called out by name and this guy, oh, Pastor Barry is definitely a prophet. He knows my name. There is no doubt. <laughs> oh, that is so And that cute. became like a running joke for a long time. Pastor Barry's a prophet because he knew his name. He's like, of course he knew his name. Like it was a person he, he knew. He and he knew him. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. It was so, so funny. But oh, man. I know so many stories. Well, I remember we used to do the nails here. Which yes. If you've been at Life Center, yes. you remember it started with the crucifixion and it moved to the nails and this was an Easter play huge production we right. put on yes every Easter well I remember there was one lead character I won't say their name but they were in the back room Mr. Q mm. and they had turned their mic on as they were not realizing they weren't on stage and they swore as they were running down the hallway oh, to no. get on stage so that was a bit of an awkward moment Oh anyway, no! We were all dying laughing because you can hear it. You, you hear, it, hear it, and then it. they come like, onto the stage. And you're yeah. like, um, like the sheer panic, like oh not even gosh. realizing what this was coming out of this person's mouth, like not intentional, out of sheer panic. I know there was a time that we had Jesus in the nails play or in the yeah, yeah, the person playing Jesus played Jesus was a smoker, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Oh man, so, you know, I actually remember that. That's way back. That was way back. But yeah, it's true. It's true. Jesus had to go out for a smoke in between. In between. Oh man, that's, that's, that's kind of a brutal. Funny, that's brutal. That's so that's brutal. kind of like a, a hilarious yeah. casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called. And then for a number of years, the Jesus that was cast, oh. like a lot of girls thought he was very handsome. <laughs> Like very attractive and of course he had to be you know wear his loincloth like it was there was just a lot of like um, uncomfortable <laughs> things happening at the same time I re actually remember one year because it was a big um, evangelism tool yes, as well yes, people would was. invite their friends and they'd get a gospel message and really really beautiful but um, I remember this one guest who came and they were sitting on the end and you know in one scene Jesus comes all the way down the aisle with the cross and all the guards are beating him and it's like you know it's very intense and there's a lot going on and Jesus tripped coming down the aisle and the cross hit a guest right <laughs> in the head oh my like that and you know what's the funnier part of the story is like okay if you don't know Jesus and you're sitting in a church and the literally the cross hits you in the head like talk about get your attention but funny thing is that person still attends that oh person gave the goodness. gave their life to Jesus and they they're a part of our community oh like goodness. so funny can you imagine that being your no. testimony yeah I got hit in the head with the cross and I got saved like seriously <laughs> so so okay, funny that is funny oh my gosh but we've had some pretty hilarious times too like at retreats and things like that like I remember one time we were at a youth retreat and um there was uh, a, a one of our youth leaders was getting up and he really felt moved it was like a beautiful like altar like kind of the end of a service moment and he felt to get up and like do this repentance moment like on behalf of and I can't remember specifically what it was but I just remember it being very somber and he was just weeping and like it was very like just a beautiful beautiful moment and one 
the worship team was sort of sitting on the floor behind the like where he was speaking and, and probably waiting to to get back up again and, and start playing. And so one of the worship leaders just sort of moved slightly and ripped out a big fart <laughs> right in this like very, very somber oh, no. like moment of crying. No. And of course, like I like, no. what do you do? Like no. you just it was so bad. Like the timing was so bad, oh, and, no. but it was so funny. Oh, and so no. everyone, like definitely everyone within a large vicinity heard it. And so we were dying, like couldn't contain oh, ourselves laughing. And this poor guy, goodness. right? We're behind him. This poor guy is just pouring his heart out. Like it was. Oh, th- you can't help it though. When there is a fart, I'm sorry. And, like <laughs> I, I don't care who you are, where you are. It is just funny. Like a staff meeting we had. Oh no! And when Pastor and Jay, Pastor Jay was. Oh, I think I was away for this. I wasn't here. Lord, I missed this moment. Yes, and you've heard. This is like the epic story. And oh, Pastor man. Jay is sharing like his heart. It's like a real riveting moment as a staff. He's really sharing vision and his heart, and just it was beautiful. And one of our staff members <laughs> sneezed. And farted right after. <laughs> it was one of those like boom, boom. Like you sneeze, fart, and that was it. Like your Jay was he almost tried to continue for a few seconds to continue talking, like he ignored it. But then like the giggles started, and then we all like your Jay lost it. He was crying. Like we were all crying. Oh. And this staff member turned five shades of red. Like <laughs> hands in the face like and we were shaking like the place was shaking we were laughing so hard it was over like the staff meeting was over at that point you can't recover like it's done anyways to this day like that's one of the funniest stories like i can't even oh my gosh yeah i think you yeah you were away but you would have you would have been on the floor we were just crying we're laughing so hard so that and that didn't happen too long ago so that was pretty funny so funny so funny oh i can't i know i can't even imagine what like if you had to think back to some significant moments that have had over that have happened over your life at life center what what would be some of the significant moments that that have happened over the years like when you even just think about that many years being here just 40 days of blaze we've talked about yeah, how god yeah. really changed our lives in that season but i think of like i i was engaged when i was attending life center you know i met jay was engaged was married in st catherine's but had a shower here had my babies here this whole community yeah. has been a part of those huge i was ordained right went to bible school finished my bible school like i went to yep. the states but i finished yep. it here and then you know was ordained at life center started in ministry at life center just thinking about all the moments all the people's lives, the family. It's when I think about Life Center, yes, God has done so much in my life. But I also think of all those milestone moments, our, our children being baptized, our yeah. children giving their lives to Christ. All of those moments that you look back and you think of that. And even some of the most heart-wrenching moments of funerals and people in the church that when I started at Life Center that I knew that have since gone on to eternal with God just those journeys with people and just those people and the impact, just so much in that family. When yeah. I think of the community of Life Center has been a family. Yeah. A really yeah. a family. Yeah. And if you had to think about yourself when you first came here to Ottawa oh, and then wow. started at the Life Center and like what you were doing, like wh- where you were working and then sort of the open doors that just started to come for you to step into the fullness of your calling like like kind of timeline that a little bit just 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 in you don't have to go into grave detail but just like like where were you when you first started and then to get to here because people only know you here and now in the fullness of what you're doing but like where did you start yes at 21 years old yeah when you think coming to the doors at 21 just finishing university you know coming to my last year and moving to Ottawa to kind of, and then ending up going and just finding jobs yeah. in a city. I'm not French. I was working at Perkins. I remember that. As a host. You had so many jobs. I did. I worked at, like we've talked about our jobs. Yeah. Like I've worked at, like I was at an insurance company. Right. Then I was working as a hostess at Perkins. At the same time. At the same time. And then I really could not stand the insurance. I literally was a file clerk, which attention to detail is not my strength data input that's it all day by myself quit that job and I became a nanny but all that to say at the same time I was leading worship 
as soon as I came to Life Center, as a volunteer, as a volunteer, I got involved with Pastor Billy Massey was the the music pastor at the time, and just started serving. And then we had a Christian school at the time, so I volunteered at the Christian school. I would help out with chapels every so often, do worship, maintaining all these other jobs, and then. I ended up becoming a teacher, an opportunity. But even that, I remember an opportunity to become a teacher came and I didn't get the job. And I still just, and that's when I think I started serving a bit more um, as a volunteer, started in music school, teaching voice and piano, like just started like however I could make money, find my way, but it was always volunteering. Like when I think about Sundays, I was always serving somehow, some way. And then when V was born, I was, I ended up getting a job at the school for four years. And uh, when V was born, she was three months old and Billy moved and I became the music pastor at that time. But when you think about that, I'd been at Life Center. I was, I was 27 years old when I'd become the music pastor, but I started serving when I was 21. And in that meantime, you know, really got locked in with Bible school. So we always say to people, you know, all those things of serving and just lining like your heart up to just pour your heart in and allow God to open up those doors with your stewardship and obedience. Right. It didn't come out of coming university right into a job position. It wasn't like that for me. It was almost six years before coming into full-time ministry. Wow. So no, it's true. It's true. And I mean, and and not everybody's story, even in serving, ends up with a full-time job and full-time ministry, you know, even, even if that would be something that someone would desire. It doesn't always exactly. work out that way. But it's interesting how mine was very similar to that too in like the faithful yeses just start with just saying yes to something yes and then it either that door closes or it leads to the next yes to the next yes and similarly you know for both Jason and I we started just serving and obviously the people around us saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves it wasn't something that we necessarily recognized specifically for Jay and I in our story, it wasn't a specific pursuit. We weren't looking for ministry in any way. It wasn't like, but we were definitely passionate about helping people follow Jesus. But even still with all that passion, never thought um, that that would be what we would do with our life. Or um, I think even just felt qualified, you know, I think we struggled with feeling able or qualified to be able to do that. Um, but to be able to serve as a volunteer or just, just to love people, we felt like we could do that, you know? So again, teaching a Sunday school class or, you know, filling a hole. I remember the youth pastor saying to us, can you come early? I need you to come early and get the room set up because the, again, all of our rooms were multi-purpose and so it wasn't ready for us. So we just had, we had to come in, set up the room, get everything ready. And I remember actually, the funny thing is, because I can see a similar gifting, right? Even as a young, young, young girl um, in youth, um, how I kind of lead ministry now too. a similar gifting kind of fired off where, you know, I wanted to create a space where every student that came to the youth group, and this was just as a volunteer with the youth pastor, but I had this vision that everyone had a job everybody had a part to play and that that was really important in 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 creating a sense of community and so i created it didn't exist before but i created this sort of a structure i guess you would say for everyone who came to youth to have a job everybody had a role so like i mean everything from your job is to clean the bathrooms <laughs> like your job is to you know greet and to usher and your job is you know you're you're a companion for someone who doesn't have anyone to sit with your job is, is amazing. and i gave everybody a job because i knew that if they had a reason to come like I knew that if we needed them and if they knew we needed them, that they would come. And sure enough, it actually worked slowly week after week after week. Like it started to grow and it started to grow and it started to grow. And youth was on Wednesday night. It was in the middle of the week on a school night. And there was like, oh, well over a hundred kids coming, which it wasn't before. But again, everybody had a place, right? Wow. And so I didn't know what I was doing then, but I just knew that everybody had to play a part in the body. And I wanted to sort of create a structure that would allow that. So interesting because flash forward, and I've just done that again and again and again and again, but not recognizing as a very, like, I mean, again, we're talking 20 years old, like 19, 20 years old. I didn't know that that was part of how God wanted to use my life or that that was special in any way, right? Oh, so you just see beautiful. how saying yes and just beginning to 
do what it is God's created you to do, it begins to either, again, sometimes it opens up a door to be in ministry. Other times it doesn't, but either way, it's very fulfilling because you're doing what you were called and created and gifted to do. So I think that's a cool, that's a cool thing. And I saw a similar sort of pathway, you know, first just volunteering in youth. And then, you know, a a few years later, the youth pastor wanted to transition out of youth and so started to mentor Jason um, and I. And, you know, Jason was the youth pastor at the time, but, um, you know, came alongside him and helped serve the youth. And we did that for a number of years, about six years, I think. But yeah, I had an opportunity to teach at the school as well, which again, just started to ex- extend my my um, experience with people and gifting. And, you know, I loved, I loved those years teaching at the school. It was, it was such an honor. It was such an honor. It was so, so much fun. And then had some babies and stayed home for a bit, but did the same thing with moms, mm. right? And so, yeah, so it's just a beautiful, beautiful journey. So for that eight years, really focused on moms and doing basically the same thing. How can I give every, how can I make every mom feel a part of this church and feel a part of something? And uh, yeah, so, so cool. Isn't it beautiful? And when you think about those times, we were following the voice of God, but not necessarily realizing it. Realizing it. it. Like there's times you're like, okay, God, I need to hear your voice. But we were in these moments following the voice of God, those promptings say, I see a hole. I want to fill it and letting God just kind of maneuver and change. And we just kind of were available. We are available to serve. And I think it starts with that, that availability to have a servant's heart. And if you are available with a servant's heart, you just watch how God opens doors. And then as you're seeking God, it kind of, you can hear God's voice by looking as well. It's not always what you hear. Sometimes you see a need, you're like, I need to fill that. That's God's voice to me. Like I'm looking, it's using that as well. And there's other times like developing how to hear God's voice is not just one way. It's a very interesting thing. And we've kind of experienced that in so many different, but those early years, I don't, I don't know if like I was praying, Oh God, show me. I was like, where am I to go? What am I to do? But in the meantime, I just had a servant's heart and I was available. And God actually was speaking to me by showing me the opportunity. So it's a really powerful thing. So those listening, if you're thinking, okay, God, I don't know what you have for me. What's next? Take a step back and say, okay, God, I want to hear you by looking with my eyes. Show me. And I know like you'll speak to me, like show me and just start to serve. Yeah, that's, that is actually very powerful. The mindset of like, not just being able to hear God, but being able to see Uh, a need or see, but then actually say, I can do something about that. You know, so often we can see holes or we can see problems or we can see where there's lack. But again, sometimes we're hesitant to step in and actually do something about it. So then we end up just complaining and feeling, you know, just feeling discontent or feeling like, oh, someone should do something about this. Well, maybe that someone is you if you're able to see that. Right. And so, and And that's just a part of too, I don't know, I don't know why specifically, but that's just a part of sort of how we were both wired. You know, we were both wired even as young, very young and naive and not really knowing what we were doing, but just to be people who said, well, I could do something about that, you know, just, just to try, just to try to do something about that. And then again, stepping into those places, growing, maturing, like, you know, not, not saying we did it perfect all the time because we definitely did it and made a lot of mistakes mistakes along the way and learned a lot along the way but I think loving people has always been at the the core you know of of who we are and so any environment that allows us to really love on people it's a space where we can thrive I know I just love that and it's it is true because as you serve too when we're thinking about life center and some of the most meaningful times my meaningful relationships my closest have come from life center Mm. when I think about how many times it started with just serving together it started with doing something together and it evolved. It wasn't always just spiritual. Like I'm following this call. It started with setting, like you're saying, like whether it's setting up chairs, doing worship together, doing event together, cleaning up something together. And all of a sudden there's just this family feel. And so it's that, it was that simple. And I am so grateful for the 40 years that Life Center has faithfully stewarded the mission and the call of God and has just been steadfast and resolved to walk that out. And there is a security in that, like even thinking like two senior pastors in 40 years, that's 
remarkable. When you think like, yeah, stability, stability, security, yeah. um, and doctrinally sound. And here we are. And I think I am so grateful for those early years. And I could look back and think like, this is my, this is our home. This is our family. And we're excited for the next God willing 40 years yeah. for that. I'll be able to see, but yeah. watching the generations, watching what is happening now evolve and God use that for the future. But yeah, it has shaped my life in a, is like an extra, an extraordinary way. Yeah. Oh, me God too. has really used it. Yeah. Oh, for this sure. Church. Me too. Me too. And, and I think my, some of my most significant moments like have really been those encounters with God mm-hmm. over the years, mm-hmm. those encounters that have come in both like massive, <laughs> like whether it's revelation or repentance moments or Holy spirit encounters, uh, that just have been, crazy and awesome, but also sometimes just sitting in the seat, listening to a message where the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes and something shifts, something changes, or you're just sitting and all of the sudden, you know, a lie that you believe becomes a truth that God speaks over your life and you, you believe it, you grab hold of it and it changes you. It changes you. Sometimes you're just literally sitting and listening to the message and something shifts and it changes. It changes every everything that you, you know, the way that you were before, before understanding that. And we've seen so many lives transformed here. So many lives, you know, where, where people come in and like we all do, not knowing, not knowing God and broken and, you know, with a mess of our lives and, it's not that that mess uh, necessarily completely goes away, but it somehow shifts to becoming a space where we allow God to bring the healing that only he can bring. And yeah, sure, the trials still come and difficulties still come, but it's like all of a the sudden there's purpose mm-hmm. in the midst of that suffering and that struggling that there just wasn't there before where we felt kind of hopeless and kind of stuck Mm -hmm. in the midst of, you know, that suffering and and those struggles. And we've just watched person after person after person get healed, get whole. Some people find a new calling here and Mm -hmm. go off and Mm -hmm. do something incredible, become a missionary, start, you know, start an organization, a, a nonprofit, or just do something extremely. So we've seen these things just happening again and again and again. And again, those yeses to God, you never know what they mean for all of us, for all of us. But I promise, and I've seen the faithfulness of God that it's good. It's so good. The other side of the yeses are so good. So 40 years, we are so excited for what God has done and to celebrate together as a church. Yeah. And what are these 40 next years going to look like? Okay. What's, what's your, if you had to like, if you had to just speak into like a next 40 years and if 40 is too big then 10 like if you just speak into like what would you dream to see what would what do you want God to do as we look ahead as we look ahead, as we celebrate what God has done and we just thank him like and we're so thankful for his faithfulness what like what do you want to see that is a very good question because I can answer that easily because 40 is significant too. It's very significant. Like 40 is a significant yeah. number. So yeah. this is a significant season yeah. we're coming into. It's a number of that represents struggle. It represents turmoil. It represents um, like the 40 years, right? We see it in Jesus in the wilderness. We see it, the children Exodus, of Israel yeah. in the, in the, in the desert. Mm-hmm. Like we see this, like it's this wrestle, it's this struggle, right? And you hit the 40 and promise comes and breakthrough comes and Jesus released into his ministry. Like, so there's a release that comes on the other side of 40, yeah. like the significance of a 40 year wrestle or struggle. I know. So if I think What's of like the, the release, I know I, well, you know, I'm always talking about revival. I am believing with my eyes in my, in my lifetime, I will see an outpouring of a revival. And I know we have to be responsible to pull revival towards us, but I'm talking about like, I'm believing for like, you know, the Welsh revivals, the Azusa streets, like I Smith's like Wigglesworth. I've, I've been studying the revivalists of old and I am believing with my eyes. I will see an outpouring of salvations of the like a move of the holy spirit like we have never seen and with our eyes that is the cry of my heart in my time that i will see that with my eyes so i am believing for revival i'm also believing for many campuses for life center 
many campuses to spread across Canada. I believe that Canada has been a sh- like in the background for far too long. And I believe God is going to elevate the country of Canada in the significance it brings like spiritually to the world. Mm. I believe for creative outflow of songwriting, of creativity to come from Life Center. When I look at what Hillsong has done, and now you look at like Bethel, you look at all these churches that have elevation, they've just busted. And so many churches have kind of like moved. It takes that one church. It was yeah. like Hillsong was kind yeah. of that. Broke things open. Mm-hmm. I'm believing that Life Center is going to be part of that for Canada. We haven't mm. had a real breakthrough. And it's not about celebrity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the ability to impact more people for Jesus. And I'm believing Life Center is going to be a part of that. I believe many spiritual children will be birthed through Life Center as far as churches and leaders and pastors. And if I would even be so bold, like Bible schools, internships, like I, I see it so big. I just see it. Yeah. I see in the next 10 years, this opening, like this cracking of something extraordinary for Life Center. I'm believing that and I'm saying it and I'm prophesying it that it will literally be an extraordinary decade that we're coming into that. uh, Yeah. The world desperately needs more of Jesus and the church is to bring the presence of God yeah. and the power of God and to see signs and wonders for the unbelievers yes. to come to know Christ. Because all through the gospels, we see that with Jesus, says, I've given you authority and I'm believing to come into that appointed divine time that is really supernatural right. as our hearts are postured, that it will just shift into this supernatural outflow of the power of God to see people come to know Christ. Hmm. Wow, that, that's okay. so awesome. What are you thinking? Like, a- Well, I mean, I don't know how I can beat that, but oh. no, I, I do. I see a lot of those things too. I see a lot of those things. I just see like a lot of, like God sort of setting the stage for the, the, the strategies, the right strategies for exactly what you're talking about. Like, God, how can we then... Um, prepare people for the work of ministry how can we do that so whether it is bible schools internship training intentional training discipleship training on a whole other level you know i think god's giving us some strategies even now even with heart strong and some things that we're sort of testing the water of that we really don't know that much about but that it's setting a stage to be able to um, again, disciple the masses, mm-hmm. like disciple more people and send them out into the world. That's yes. like they like the world needs Jesus and we need to be ready. So it's like this preparation. And I, I keep hearing that word like readiness, preparation, readiness, preparation. Like I do see the next season of Life Center and the church at large, but Life Center too. Like it's a season to prepare, prepare for Jesus's return, whatever that means, prepare um, ourselves as the body of Christ to become the bride of Christ. What does that look like as we lean into all that God has for us? But I think it's going to cost us something in the next season in a beautiful way. Like, I think we've been dying for this. I think that Mm. we've been dying for our faith to cost us something Mm. so that it's actually worth what it is worth to us. Do you know what I mean? So pressing into that, leaning into that, what does that look like? And that's not about works and that's not about striving. It's, It's about receiving the pearl of great prize, but knowing, knowing that that's what it is. Do you know what I mean? And walk and holding it with that great value that it is understanding that. And so, yeah, I just, I see that I do. Yeah. I see churches coming alongside. I don't know what it looks like in the future, but I, I would love to see many churches, just partnering with many churches, whether they're birthed from Life Center, whether each of our campuses birth other campuses. I mean, how cool would it be if the babies have babies? Like, I mean, that just would be the most incredible multiplication and the beauty, I think, of who God is. And so I would love to see that happen. And then however God wants to use the people of Life Center, but this is the key, I feel like, for the next season. And I I hear it over and over again, like, like John the Baptist, like that I may decrease so that you can increase. And I feel like in order for us to see what it is that we're sensing, like we, we need to die. (laughs) Like we, we need to so, like it needs to so not be about any one person. It's not about a person. It's not about like, there's nothing in me. There's nothing in you. There's nothing in 
any of our pastoral, st- there's nothing in any of our leader. There's nothing in, it's not us. That's it's right. not us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit through us. And we've got to keep dying to ourself, dying to that space that holds us back, that space that wants glory, that space that, that somehow makes it about us. We keep having to die to that in order, I think, to walk in this revival, in the fullness of the outpouring of what the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit wants mm-hmm. for the next season. Because as long as we're in the way, we're blocking, like we're blocking that, that, uh, that outpouring and that flow that wants to flow through us. So again, I, d- I don't know how to get there. And I know that we need even the help of the Holy Spirit, even to get there, right? Because our flesh is literally fighting for that space, for that glory, for that, you know, position, for that significance, all of that. But we we do need to become true servants of God in order for him to elevate us as sons and daughters, in order for him to fully bring us into our rightful inheritance. But we can't, it's not, we have to know it's not us. There's nothing. There's nothing we have to bring to the table so that that flow can be pure and that flow can be yes. fully poured out. So that's, you know, some of the things I'm just sensing and I'm seeing. So, you know, yeah, part of what we're entering into with Heartstrong is, okay, God, like, let's go on this journey. What does this look like to die? What does it look like to, you know, continue to decrease so that you can increase? And, and it's not like, the thing that's so cool about God is even in that space, even as in that pursuit, it's so not about us that God wants to take us so far. Like his, his plans for us, his inheritance for us, what he's given us, what he's provided for us is so much greater than anything we could ever try to attain in our own strength. So there's this, just this beautiful hope and this beautiful excitement in the midst of that journey, but it's hard because our flesh is nasty and it wants, like it keeps wanting to rise up and it keeps wanting to kind of have its own way and keeps wanting to be the master. And, you know, so, yeah, so I just think it's this beautiful space of like utter submission, utter humility, following the way of Jesus and yeah, letting him have his way. We got to let him move. Yes, we got to let him move and be king. Yeah. Rule and reign. Yeah. Like we've been talking about the kingdom. Yes. Of the kingdom of God. And I love that in Luke, it talks about it gives him great happiness to give us the kingdom. Yeah. And part of receiving that kingdom is allowing the king to rule and reign. We can't have the kingdom and not have the king rule. And that's where I think what you're talking about, God has brought us to a place where we're, we see that we're lost and that what we've attained is nothing because the king is not ruling and reigning. And that submission is like, okay, when the king rules and reigns, he brings us kingdom. And we can pull from heaven on earth what the king has because his provision is not limited to any realm. It's the kingdom of God. And so that is the cry has been like, I want you to be king of my flesh, king of my time, king of my ambitions, king of my possessions, king of my family, king of my will. Like we're literally seeing all these things that God is putting his finger on to say, you want my kingdom and I want it. It's my joy to give you my kingdom, but I'm the king. And I've got to be the king. And so I think this is exactly what we feel, the pivoting. And the tension, eh? Yes, that tension of yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The call. It's a call. It is. It's a call, but it is a call to surrender. So so there's a, it's a, yeah. it's a wrestle. There's a wrestle in it. I know I had a really cool, um, just moment, sort of a dream come true moment that happened just last week. And, you know, we're approaching the time that we would have normally had heart conference. And so I've been just sort of grieving the fact that we're not going to be able to gather this year and just all, you know, even the stories that we're telling today. Heart Conference does all of those things, oh, yeah. right? We even touch on Heart Conference. It rallies. Oh, it, it just rallies us together yes, as a does. family in such a beautiful, like on purpose, you know, for, for something so, so significant. But um, but anyways, you know, one of the last, at our last, in Heart Conference 2020, I stood up, I really felt from the Lord to stand up on the stage and to say out loud this dream that I had to take a heart conference across Canada. And I felt foolish to do it because, and even as I wrestled it out with the Lord, I felt a bit foolish because I didn't have any like leads on that. I didn't have any way to make that happen at all. I didn't have any connections, didn't have any, but I really felt like this is like, I just believe that maybe one day this 
And I didn't care when. It could have been 25 years. It, d- it wasn't about the timing, but I needed to, by faith, just say say that out loud. And typically, like if you know me, I I have lots of dreams, but I, I hold them very close. I usually don't speak them out loud because I, I just want to wait and see what God's going to do in the midst of it. But anyways, I felt the Lord say, to, to share this, but also to invite anybody else who has a dream, a big dream, a dream they can't accomplish on their own, to just join me and by faith to stand and just let's pray and let's believe if this is God, that he'll make it happen and just to stand in that space. So we did that and it was a beautiful moment. There wasn't that many people that stood, but a handful stood in, bo- in both our conferences and and we just prayed together in that moment. And so anyways, a year has passed and um, we're not doing our conference and, you know, and I was just kind of grieving that and sad, but I literally got this text message that came into just, you know, as I'm sitting at my kitchen table, just on an ordinary day. And, um, you know, as we were preparing for HeartStrong, uh, there's a church that Jason and I have been working with just in relationship with the pastors and helping them. And our team has been, you know, just helping and serving the church. And it's beautiful, this beautiful, beautiful church uh, across our nation, the the far, far, far west of our nation. And uh, we're in the center of Canada there in the far west. And um, yeah, so they reached, they reached out to us and heard about HeartStrong and said, can we come alongside? We would love our church to do this and let's join you. That's so awesome. So we're working together. We're doing HeartStrong together. It's so great. Um, so this church sends a text and says, listen, um, once we get HeartStrong going, um, I would love to visit what it could look like to, like, we won't do our women's conference anymore. Maybe we could do Heart Conference oh Vancouver. And I literally am sitting at my kitchen table on the year. We're not having heart conference. Like we're not even pushing, like we're not, there's no momentum. You know what I mean? Like you feel like it's died in a way it's it hasn't, but do you know what I mean? You feel like literally looking at my phone, like what is happening? Like we would love to look at, we could own it with you. We could share it. Let's do heart conference, Vancouver one weekend, heart conference, Ottawa the next. I, I, almost like I almost fell off my chair just for the simple fact that like how did God do that when (laughs) unexpected times unexpected places and unexpected ways like the most dry time you would think that's 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 what I mean like there's no effort there's no like nothing put into this nothing like just out of the blue and even the timing the timing like almost a year to date when we would have had like it's almost Like, I just thought, God, wow, like, this is unreal. Like, literally anything is possible with God. Anything is possible as we hear, as we obey, as we follow. Anything is possible. And this was just one of those moments. So, again, as we enter into 40, I just feel like, okay, God, like, we're listening we're listening and so we're gonna go and we're gonna believe and we're gonna pray through our entire city this year and we're gonna believe god for revival but i know it's going to come as we decrease like we've got to get we've got to get our stuff out of the way we got to get our stuff we got to deal with our stuff and we got to get out of the way because the holy spirit wants to sweep in and we want to be a part of it oh so good isn't that so cool so good and so exciting and you know on top of that too we're listening and also the power of the spoken word when we start to have the boldness to just even now we can't control how god does stuff but why not start speaking things out like using our mouths because God's capturing all of it be like I'm gonna speak it out I think always of that story of Emma when she talked about like I say you know 99 things I, I ask get, I ask for a hundred things yeah and I get at least 10 <laughs> yeah like asking for these things like and it's not out of like God owes us or this like or do all these things for me that's right it's no. not about that but it's about to say the boldness to say i'm going to speak this out in mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. and aligning to what his word says that's right that he's given us right to yeah. say okay god you said yes you know you've said this yeah. okay the yeah. as it is written yes. <laughs> and speaking speaking yeah. out those the, those promises those inheritance yeah but you have the boldness to even speak it out well yeah it really? felt like foolishness yeah. i felt like a fool i literally felt like oh my gosh but yeah here we are like it's it's happened like it's happening and the the collaboration the partnership is naturally happening so we just thank you lord so i i'm really anticipating 
I'm anticipating with great expectation what God is going to do, what he's already doing, but that we're going to see unveiled because that's the thing. It's not that all of a sudden God does something. It's always happening. It's just, there's an unveiling, there's seasons of unveiling and we're almost caught up to what he's been doing. We're like, what? So I'm excited for the, a season of unveiling. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. And so for anyone who's listening, again, whether you attend Life Center or you don't, it, 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 it's not oh, the point. Yeah. This conversation really is about what is possible in God. And so as you enter into the next season, just believe God, believe God for incredible things. Believe God for your family who has not come to Christ to come yes, to Christ. Believe, yes. believe for it. Keep praying for it. Don't lose hope. Believe for healing. Believe for God to move. Believe for all that God has for you for that to be made known to you in your life and walk out by faith by actually submitting and surrendering like walk it out in surrender walk it out in humility that God is the master that God is king and that we don't just want his kingdom but we actually want him yes. we don't just want the things that he gives us but we actually want him too and pursue that with all of your heart seek him with all of your heart because there is exciting days ahead and it isn't just about just Life Center, a church in a city. It's about what God is doing in this time, who we just happen to be one church of many that he's doing this in this time. But yeah, grab hold because it's so, so exciting and anything is possible. I literally have a little thing in my office that says anything is possible. And I look at it all the time to remind myself anything is possible. So as we close today, we just want to remember, want to remind you and to remember with our hearts that God is king and we can follow him. So today may we be in tune with who he is, what he's saying, where he's moving, because our king is on the move and you are part of a significant move of what God is doing and will do because you're part of his church. And you're part of his body and he wants to use you in a great way. That's right. And so hold your position. Hold your position in Christ. It's your inheritance. It's the gift that God has given you through salvation. So hold your position in wherever you are. Whatever you see with your eyes, hold your position. Hold fast. We love you guys so much. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.